This podcast is produced by Unedited. A lot of the time what we, we talk about is not it's not our time. It's, like it's time for other people. So that hour that you have is, is very important. Hello and welcome to episode 178 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. And every week we hear the story of an inspirational guest to help you find more clarity in your thinking and to experience a greater sense of happiness in your life. And having been through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I decided to create this platform to help you with your mental, physical, emotional and spiritual growth. But before we jump into this week's episode, I'm super excited to announce that my book, The Search for Clarity, is out now. And the book shares my experiences and biggest learnings of going through living in a negative headspace to now living in a place of clarity and happiness and how you can do the same too so to get hold of a copy of the book or for more information simply head to thedreamersdisease.co.uk forward slash clarity or kindle readers you can get a copy via the amazon store so on this week's episode i am joined by emil heskey who is a former football player and had an illustrious career playing for leicester city liverpool england and more and he's played on the biggest stage of the champions league and at world cups premier league all of it won trophies the lot so it's really great to speak with emil and get a real insight into what kind of goes on behind the scenes in football particularly with the experiences of dealing with pressure and mental health and especially after the past weekend's FA Cup final was renamed as the Heads Up FA Cup final in aid to raise awareness of mental health so this is a really great in the moment kind of conversation and during this chat we spoke about the importance of spending time with yourself handling pressure in life the commercialization of sport and more so the aim of this podcast is to inspire so if you like what you hear in this episode be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love but right now let's jump straight in and hear from Emil. Emil how are you? Yeah not too bad thank you yourself? Yeah very well man very well thank you and um, we were just talking before we hit record there about our mornings and you've been out for a nice walk this morning I've been Mm -hmm. sort of taking my time and uh, had my coffee and like read the paper like Saturday's a bit of a chill day day off from exercising and stuff for me but yeah so t- tell me like why why you're you know talking a bit about the, the importance of kind of getting out and sort of having that space why is that important for you um, I think it's just important one exercise uh, everyone knows what that does for you um, and t- two is it, it, it's your time isn't it and, and, mm. and everyone loves a little bit of me time and, and me time in fresh air is great a lot of people use it to go to the gym which is great again it's exercise um, but sometimes it's great to be out in the fresh air as well and just getting that work like you're saying just maybe even just popping to the post office and posting something and getting back and you know that just that little 15 20 30 minutes or whatever you get in helps for the for, for the start of the day and whether you can get it in at six o'clock seven o'clock ten o'clock twelve o'clock whatever time you can get it in it's important to get it in um because again um it's good for your own mental mental health and mental aspect of things yeah yeah and i think that's that i think that's for me like one of the most important things that i've realized is like taking that time for myself it's like i need it like i need that time <laughs> otherwise the day can can quite easily feel like it's getting on top of you so if i take my time in the morning to do like my exercise like my have my breakfast my shower like uh reading meditation like just take like you know an hour and a half or so and I talk about it a lot on here so people who are regular listeners will mm-hmm. always know I'm talking about it because I just think it's it's so important like that time well, for yourself you know 100% I think I think that's and that's very important because like you're saying that's your time because once you start going into the other realm of work and stuff that's that's other people's time mm. that's not your time so it's always nice to have a, a a little bit of time to yourself to reflect or whatever you want like you say meditation meditation is great but um it's not for everyone I know that but meditation is good at times and I think for you to do that and have your specific time to yourself is great I think it's wonderful mm-hmm. do you do meditation I've tried it um I don't I don't do it on a regular basis but it is good um do you know the funny thing is at times is is is, is trying to be silent that's mm-hmm. one of the most hardest thing I've ever and that obviously is meditation and that is the hardest thing I, 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 I find you know your mind's wandering and, and going all over the place and you're you're in this constant I found my, my, myself in meditation you're in this constant battle with your mind telling you to get up and you telling yourself to sit down stay sit down <laughs> <laughs> and stay still stay still and tell your mind to shut up and just start try and focus and it's all about to focusing on your breathing and stuff like that um, but yeah I've, I, I do it but not as not as regularly as I probably, probably should do it but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's very very important yeah, it is. I think, I mean, again, it just comes down to time for yourself, like that five, 10 minutes, you know, it doesn't have to be meditation. It could be the walk. It could be reading, yeah. just having that time for yourself to kind of like 
quiet all the voice like you know all the external factors all the external voices it's just it 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 does something and i'm sure there's loads of scientific research that you know all the words i'm not going to be able to use but i'm sure there's loads (laughs) of stuff that (laughs) there's research into it as as to why but i just think in general it's great for like in terms of mental health and just just a a sense of self if you know what i mean like just having that sense of like you and being with you for for a bit (laughs) of time and spending time with yourself rather than always having like a distraction piece do you, do you know? Do you know? There's a lot of people that don't like spending them time with themselves. Yeah. That which I find a little bit strange myself. Cause I I love I love spending time with myself. I don't mind being on my own and just sitting there and like people will look at you and say, well, "What's he doing?" But again, a lot of people don't like spending time with themselves. But you get to learn uh, a lot about yourself when you actually do that. So, mm. and I've been I've been I've been cool with that for a long time. So it's not, it's not a problem for me. Yeah, what what's, what do you think then's the the biggest lessons you've learned about yourself having spent time with yourself? Um, patience, patience is a, is is one. Patience, um, um, planning is another one for ev- for everything. Um, but yeah, patience is the is is the main thing. I've got I've got four kids living with me, so that's a, that's a that's a that's a, a big one. But again, it's it's you. Uh, the pandemic has been great for that as well because you can spend more time with them and get to learn from them a lot more as well. And, and you have to have patience when, when you have kids running around with you. So. And you need that time for yourself as well, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, the thing is when I go for a walk and a lot of that's um, when, they're, when, they've, uh, when they're having their breakfast and stuff like that with, with their mum and I can go for a walk, I can take that, that, that hour to myself and then come back and then I'm back in. Because like I said to you, that a lot of the time we, we, we talk about it's not time, it's not our time. It's, like it's time for other people. So um, that hour that you have is, is very important. Do you kind of share these lessons with the kids? Because I feel like the, the younger generations, you know, we've, we've kind of had to learn this as we've kind of got older, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. for me, you know, certainly. So is this something that you, I guess, are trying to like pass on to your kids and teach them the importance of it? Um, no, because I just want them to enjoy themselves in a sense that just go out and play, just go out and enjoy your time and just go and uh, enjoy being you mm-hmm. um but again see the meditation side of things would be great for kids and you know just being still i've got i've got a three-year-old i don't know if she would be able to be still <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things i don't think she could do but the others you know it'd be interesting to see if they actually do it because again there's been studies that uh, meditation within schools has has helped kids mm. um which is amazing I never thought that that would they would be open to that sort of stuff at school, but it's, it's, show, it's showing that it has helped kids uh, immensely. Mm. And I think it comes down to like, it, you know, you mentioned before the focus on the breath. I think it helps you with your focus, but it also helps with in terms of like pressure because when you do feel a moment of pressure, and you know, being in school, that could be exams, that could be mm. just life in general. It could be as you get older at work, it could be you know for you in your in your playing career. When you feel those moments of pressure, if you if you have a better understanding of, of that moment of just slowing down and being a mm. bit more still, it allows the pressure to just kind of pass. And it might take a few minutes, it might take, you know, half a day, whatever it may be, but it allows it to pass and it allows you to kind of continue with, you know, whatever you're doing day to day or your schoolwork or your, you know, whatever it may be. Well, even with that, what you're saying. So once you get that technique honed and you understand it, that that what you said might be an hour to ten minutes comes slowly comes down to a breathing technique mm. that takes a minute. Mm. So which is great and yeah, look, I, I've never I never thought about that when I was playing because this is the sort of stuff that you kind of fall into. I know a lot of players now are really going in deep into it, um, but I never really thought about that when I was playing. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Cause I was going to ask that because you've kind of got a very sort of like calm Zen nature about you. Obviously <laughs> performing you know, at the very top level, like you did with like England, Liverpool, Leicester, you know, for so many years, you know, were there moments where you kind of had to learn how to deal with the pressure, particularly when, you know, in the England camp or, you know, the biggest stage like World Cups or Champions League with Liverpool and stuff like that? Were there moments where you're like, okay, this, there's pressure, like, and you have to learn to deal with it there and then, or, or, you know, even outside of training? Um, Yes, but I never thought about it in that way. So I wasn't going into a game um, uh, at Wembley in front of 90,000 and thinking, 
all the pressure's on now, blah, blah, blah. No, my, my mind was channeling on what I can do, what I'm doing. We need to win this game, blah, blah. So you figure out ways to get through that sort of pressure that comes with being around that. And again, you know, other people put the pressure on you. It's not you putting the pressure on yourself. Yeah. Because again, you've been in this environment before. You've got to remember that a lot of people are visualised themselves being footballers and visualise themselves playing in cup finals, visualise themselves scoring goals. And they don't visualise themselves in the toilets uh, being sick because the pressure's on. Um, they visualise themselves just going out there, performing and taking in all this uh, energy from the, from the crowd, this positive energy. But again, sometimes it doesn't run that way. So you've got to figure out how to actually block all that out and channel that energy to be the best you possibly can when you, when called upon. Yeah. So how do you, how do you do that then in the moment in terms of like having that 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 feeling of pressure from the outside, bit from the fans, bit from a manager, bit from opposition, the press, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that in the music, moment? Music music was a great one for me because I just play calming music. I play a lot R and B. I'm relaxed anyway, so I just played a lot of R and B, just chilled out. Um, and just and just get myself ready to to perform because again the performance is not something that you haven't done before performance mm. is normal for you so just focus on that and focus on being the best you possibly can um, and try and block out uh, all the all the other distractions that come along with that because again these are the sort of stuff that you've dreamt of before so you've actually lived all this you've actually lived a lot of this stuff before in your mind yeah and I think it's amazing isn't it how you know, like you said, the pressure only ever comes from other people really putting the pressure on you. But then yeah, yeah. I guess how we internalize that is a bit, is wild because we kind of, we take that pressure on ourselves yes. and then we kind of sit with it and we, we, we create the feeling, you know, of that pressure and, and we, we really take it on. And we, you know, even if it's something you've done a hundred times, it could be, you know, for me, it could be like a podcast episode, but feeling nerves before the episodes. Like it's mm-hmm. nothing I haven't done before but you're bringing on those nerves onto yourself. And it's the same, I guess, when you're in a workplace or when you're in a, in a high pressure environment or going through something in life where you're just having to deal with that pressure, mm-hmm. you, you bring it on yourself. And sometimes it's not necessarily anything you haven't done before, but it's just, we, 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 we almost like try to restrict ourselves, don't we? By putting that pressure yeah. on. Yeah. I think it's just a common, I think it's just a common trait for, for humans that we actually do put ourselves under a lot of pressure that for things that are, are kind of normal to us. <laughs> Yeah. We've done them 10, 10 times before. We do we do them in training. We do them like you, you're saying with your podcast. You've done how many? So yes, I'm I'm a different to this person who's different to that person. But in general, you're gonna have the same. You're gonna have the same, more or less, the same questions to ask one person. And you, mm. again, you're gonna have this more or less the same feeling about about asking the questions as well. So I don't see why you should put yourself under that much pressure. A lot of the pressure is external pressure that that comes, especially when it comes to sports. Uh, is pleasing other people and mm. once you start moving away from that you feel a lot better like yeah. um, uh, back in the day uh, I don't think it, oh, it might be still now but again back in the day when you looked at newspapers and, and they had the rankings uh, yeah. not 5 out of 10 uh, 3 out of 10 2, 1, 10 blah 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 but who cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah do, 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 do you know what I mean? Because again, I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please the, the, the manager and try and get a result. And once you do that right, you should be happy with it. Yeah. And, but again, we, we're all out there for validation from other people outside of it. But again, we don't necessarily need it. It's great to have it, but that, that moment of validation means nothing because you still got to go out there and do it again. Yeah. And again, yeah. and again, and again. And uh, so uh, you just got to be careful who you, where you're trying to get that validation from, to be honest with you, because again, it's, it should be just within yourself. Yeah. And I think it's, it must be a fine balance being, you know, an athlete or a football player or whatever it is, because you do know that ultimately the validation only needs to come from yourself and the team and how you perform. Yeah. But mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you do have so many fans watching, you know, f- supporting, following the team, and especially nowadays, I guess it's it's probably more intensified for players because because of things like social media, like they can just leave a comment on a post or they can tweet you, and they, they must have that instant kind of contact point with you, and they can let you know mm-hmm. how you mm-hmm. feel. That maybe I guess if you're having a bad game in the back of your mind, it's already you know, or if you if you've made a mistake as a defender or a goalkeeper, you're a striker and you've missed a 
a, you know, a, a wide open goal opportunity or you've gone around the keep and you put it wide or something and it's an important chance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You probably already know what's coming at you after the game, you know? Yeah, that's got to be hard yeah, to yeah. deal with. Yes. But again, nowadays, I think um, the, the thing with social media nowadays, you, 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 you control that. Mm. You choose whether to be on it or not. So, um, whereas um, within within the football, within the football that when I was playing, you didn't control whether they put what they put in the newspapers and stuff. You still obviously can't control what they put in the newspapers now anyway, but you can control whether someone can attack you uh, on, on social media and stuff like that. But again, again, it doesn't really matter with, with that even because again, look, we, we can, we can say, say for instance, say I'll pass podcast here and, and someone could say, that was a great podcast, blah, blah, blah. This is, this is hundred, hundred people saying that. Mm. That one person that says that bad thing about you, you start gravitating towards that negative one person. But you've got 102 people saying great things about you. So it's a human nature to really um, gravitate towards that the one that was negative. You want everyone to everyone to like you, but it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. Why <laughs> so do you think we do that just, then? Why do we gravitate to the one negative out of the hundreds of good ones? I'm 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 not sure. I'm not sure. Again, I I, I don't I don't know. Um, I'm the same as everyone else. Um, I will see so many good things, and then you'll see one bad, and you're like, why is he saying that? Well, uh, like, but don't worry about him. He's probably. He's probably had an argument with someone and, and just wants to vent his anger on you or whatever. You don't know. Yeah. But um, we will always gravitate, gravitate towards that. But we, again, it's about not worrying about validating with one, anyone else. You should know where you are within your life and within your uh, personality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and what, what's it like nowadays um, in football? Because, you know, there is, there is the pressure. There is that, you know, that external factor of the fans and stuff. And, and mm-hmm. I think... I've noticed recently a lot of players are talking more about the kind of mental health aspect of the game. You've got, you know, I think Danny Rose came out a couple of seasons ago mm-hmm. to say that he was struggling. You've got like Leon McKenzie talks about it a lot. I listened to a, an interview with uh, Michael Richards. who was on Res, uh, Ross Kemp's podcast where he was talking about when he went to Italy and he was kind of struggling a little bit in his first season. Like what, what do the, the, the clubs do to help the players in those situations? Cause I mean, from an external point of view, it seems like, you know, it's training, you go in, you do your thing with the team, uh, obviously you perform on the weekend and then you're kind of left to it. Is there a kind of something in place of in, in certain clubs where they kind of help the players understand? It doesn't necessarily mean they have to be going through something bad mentally, but it helps them kind of with the mental side of the game as well as the physical side of the game. I think there's, I think there's more. I think clubs are more open to doing that sort of stuff now. So I think there's more of that going on. Um, again, the thing is now that players are more open to talk about that now. Whereas, whereas you're, when we were younger, so you're talking about Leon McKenzie. Leon McKenzie's same, age, similar age to me. Mm. Uh, we would not be uh, open to talk about that because, again, within our era, it was you don't talk about that sort of stuff. You've got to be strong. It's all about the strong mentality of this and And now it's a little bit more, people are, you're actually stronger actually admitting to Mm. that you're struggling. Um, So yeah, I think it's more open now. So you see more people uh, coming out and saying that sort of stuff. Again, it's uh, uh, with, with coming out and saying that you've got to be open to be helped as well. Mm -hmm. So I I wrote about, I wrote about in my book and I wrote about how I left Leicester and went to uh, Liverpool and I struggled with that mentally, and, I, and and again, people call it homesickness. But I was I was only two uh, two hundred miles away, but I, I just couldn't. I ju- I was just out of my comfort zone. Um, I had all my mechanisms around. I was born and raised in Leicester, so everyone was there. Yeah. Family, blah, this, that, around the corner. So I had all my friends there, and then I'd go to another city that um, it, it was just different, you know. So and I struggled in that sense. But well, they had mechanisms in place that could help with that. So they had player liaisons and all that. But again, you've got to be open to, to wanting to be helped. And I didn't know if I didn't know how to ask. I didn't know how to, to go and go to someone and, and, and sit down with them and talk to them about that sort of stuff. So I think we're more inclined to do that now. And I think the clubs are more, have more mechanisms in place to help players when they're struggling in, in that sense. Uh, you know, you look at... Um, Jesse Lingard, mm. who's struggling um, with some off-field stuff as well. I would like to think Man U have certain things in place to help 
the mental s- aspect of it. Because again, people say, well, he's got loads of money. So, well, that's got nothing to do with it. No. It's got nothing to, absolutely nothing to do. It probably makes it even worse. Um, but again, he would have certain, Manu would have certain things in place that could help him with his struggles, with the mental side of things. Because he had a lot going on off the field, which possibly, which was obviously having a, an effect on the field. Yeah, yeah. And is it, is it uh, as you were saying that there about uh, Jesse and, and United, you know, you'd, you'd like to think having something in place. It made me think about, I'm pretty sure it was Liverpool or it could have been England. Because I remember Steven Gerrard talking about in an interview once about a, um, a sports performance psychologist that was brought on board. I don't know if that rings a bell for you. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's he's the he's mm-hmm. the doctor who wrote the chimp paradox. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. S- Steve something. Um, was that was that Liverpool or England? Do you, do you know? Liverpool had um, one. I know that. Yeah, and how was mm-hmm. it? What was that like? I mean, I don't know if you were there at the time, but I, that- I was. I was. I was. I was more or less leaving at that time. I think, um, and that was new to to us. At the time, so we never really got, I never really got the full full uh, aspect of that, to be honest. But again, that's something that was would have been really good at the time to take you to that next level and really focus, really get your focus right and, and really, like you're saying, trying to block out negativity and keep moving forward on a positive uh, tra- trajectory. Yeah, because I feel like it, it, a lot of it must be, you know, even for me, like I only played amateur level, right? Like the, the furthest I ever got was playing like, semi-pro Saturday like under 18s but it's like Mm -hmm. you you get a sense that the kind of mental side of the game is almost as important as the physical side of the game because you need to have that kind of mental strength in in a sense to kind of get through certain situations or you know I would say I would say the mental side of the game is probably more important the reason I'll say that especially at the uh, uh, the highest level we we know the physical already Mm. we've done that We've done it, and that's why we're there. Um, yes, we're still honing that, but we're there because we're the best of the best. So we know that side of it. We just own that. But then this, the mental side is tough. Um, um, is it? Uh, what's the what's the lad's name? There was a German lad, who's similar age to me, but he was the next big thing. Um, and then he had a little bit of a mental breakdown. Again, it's the it's the mental side of it. He he, he was the the best in Germany at the time. So he, he, you know, it, it, it's not the, it's not that side of things. It's the other side, the coaching of, of, the, of that mental side of things that is very, very important. And some don't need it because some are so mentally focused and some are so mentally strong. They don't need that. They probably need it, it, it guiding at times, but they don't need the full training. But others need it at times. You know, so I've, I've seen it before. You know, some some players are very, very uh, uh, insecure. Um, some need help. But they're wonderful players, um, and they, they 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 struggle with that side of things. Yeah. So, so what advice then, from your experience, would you give to like a younger person who's either getting into the game or is just going through, you know, life in general, and they're kind of unsure about, you know, the the kind of mental side of of work life, just life in general. What advice no, would you give? No, I think I think you've got to you've got to have a look at it. You've got to be open enough to actually have a look at it because again, it will help. Um, when I, I'm, I can only really talk about the football side of things. So when you, when you look at the football side of things, uh, you have, you go through uh, from, uh, from age of nine, joining an academy, which uh, is called an academy now, but I was, it was center of excellence to uh, whatever age it is of 16, 17, making your first team debut. So you've gone through all that training hours, hours of training to get yourself physically ready, no positioning, no that. We've never trained your mind. Never ever trained your mind. So you've just got to think outside the box at times that certain things are need to be, other things need to be trained as well. Um, the, 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 the mind training sometimes really comes from the coach at times. You know, uh, back then it was, was beat them down until... Uh, uh, the strongest will survive and that's the ones who are going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Not all the time that works because you're losing, you're losing a lot of uh, wonderful, wonderful talent because they can't deal with it that way. Maybe look at a different way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think, you know, especially 
the younger kids now like i spent i spent about eight nine years coaching a, a local team from under eights through to uh, no sorry under nines through to under 18 so it's nine years and you can see with the kids you know that there's a there's a point in their life which i think all kids go through where it's about 13 14 15 where you just start becoming a bit more aware of yourself and i think that's the mm-hmm. time where the nurturing of the way that you approach each child changes because some kids like you said they yeah. can take it you know the, the hard stuff they can take it like well, why are you doing that why don't you do it that way and they'll respond and they and they, they've got the, the the mental strength to to kind of get through it but then other kids will wither under that that pressure because <laughs> they they don't need that they need the the arm over their shoulder Different they way. need to be yeah they need it to be a bit softer they need to be a bit more kind of um you know friendly and i think like it does make a huge difference when you're going through that phase because it will it will probably shape the rest of your life one way or the other and i feel mm-hmm. like if if everyone and not just within football but you know within schools for example if we all had that kind of attitude and openness to un- trying to understand each child's needs mentally not just like you know schoolwork or physically or whatever then we can create more of a conversation around you know what is needed mm-hmm. well the thing is what you've just mentioned there is a man a football manager you know, um, so he's got this group of players that all have different mentalities, all have different traits, all have different needs. And it's for you to figure out who needs what, what they need. Uh, a lot of the time, I'll tell you, certain managers don't have the time to even figure that one out. Everyone's, everyone's got the same cloak over them. And if you can't deal with it, see you later. Um, and this is where you lose a lot of uh, good kids through that through that trapdoor where if you took the time to understand one, his background, two, his nature, everything, you'll figure out, okay, well, he doesn't need that. Listen, this, this is probably the way that he needs to do it. Uh, well, he needs that because he's, he's very hard in this and blah, blah. And another one might need uh, uh, just a little bit more education, a little bit more softly spoken, a little bit more time to understand it. Even this one might even need you running through the drill three or four times before he gets it in his head. So what? But this is the thing where we have a problem sometimes with, with coaches that they just don't have the time or the patience to actually go through that. And you've obviously seen it firsthand. Mm. Well, this happens at first team level as well. It happens at first team level where I was looking, because again, when you, you just tell me one thing and I understand it quickly enough to say, okay, he wants me to implement that. Let me go and do that. And mm. you're, uh, but others will need you to go through it, and I'm cool with that. If you need, if you need to go through it, but again, you you you've got to understand the different dynamics and different people. Um, uh, I recently spoke with a with a with a with a roommate of mine in who played with me at Leicester, and I was more the guy that the manager put his arm around. Yeah, but he was more the guy that the manager came and gave a bit of a rollicking to, and. She, shamed him a little bit because then he was the one that was saying oh, and I'll show you yeah but if you shame some people who don't have that mentality it will just they'll just sink within themselves instead of bringing the best out of them yeah yeah and I think it's so true and it's 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 we see it a lot in life I think isn't it because we we, we fall into a trap of seeing how other people are going about their life how other people mm-hmm. are you know um growing proceeding you know getting better at things or you know progressing for a career or, or just life in general and we, we we slip into that comparison mode don't we and we yeah. start to we start to do the opposite to ourselves of what we what it is that we need so instead of instead of kind of being like okay look it's cool you're kind of you're on your own path like don't don't compare with others you start to be the the tough manager who's like <laughs> no you got to do it this way you got to do it that way and we kind of Again, it's, inv- it's inviting the pressure onto ourselves, isn't it? Is that what we were saying earlier, you know? The thing is, I think, I think when, you look at, when you look at that sort of... When you look at different management, and management can be in, in, um, in companies. It doesn't have to necessarily be football or whatever. The, the, the tough manager will get results, by the way. Will he get long-term? That is the problem. I don't think he necessarily will get long-term. Short-term results, they, they, they're wonderful for but long-term, because again, long-term, you've lost, you lose a lot of your, 
the people that you actually need because of the way that they, you, haven't, you haven't really got them on your side. Mm. So, uh, and we see that not just within football, within companies as well. Yeah. So how, how important do you think it is then to look at the, the long-term kind of results in a way or the long-term success or the long-term growth versus just looking for the short-term spike and, and you know, instant I think, improvement? I, th- I, think, I think you need everything. <laughs> I think you need, you need, you need short, medium and long. You need the lot because again, uh, especially within football, you don't know if you're going to be there for the long term, do you? Mm. So you need the whole aspect of it. Um, and then obviously with, with companies, you definitely need short, short term, long term and because, short term, medium and long. Because again, you're, you're talking about growth as well. Um, so you'll need, the, you'll need to really map out the full, the full aspect of it, to be honest with you. And, and, cl- and football clubs will do that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's interesting because I was listening to, um, um, it was a short interview of Adam Lalana on the Liverpool mm-hmm. um, Instagram account and he was talking about his relationship with Jordan Henderson and how they kind of supported each other through some of like their, their darker times and how they kind of um, have been there for, for, for each other's kind of good and bad, right? But he mentioned yeah. something very briefly about you know, your career is very short, but it's also very fragile because within an instant, a bad tackle, a bad turn in training, a bad, you know, moment, it could all be gone and it can all be taken away. Mm-hmm. And I thought, just thought it was really interesting because you don't, you don't, you don't, there's not many careers other than, I guess, a performance-based career or areas in life where, where that can happen. You know, and it's, I think it's, I think that also maybe adds to, adds into this pot of pressure of like, you know, you need to, you need to get the most out of it here and now, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it makes you maybe zone into being more focused in what you're doing now. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that, you know, that sort of thought process comes a lot when you, when you've actually had the injury. So I, I never thought that until I was, until I was well into my, until I was into my thirties, uh, I got a, um, I did, I think I did a, a medial, no meniscus, I think it was mm. on, my, on my knee, and then you're like, Oof, when am I going to come back? And then I had my uh, my Achilles problem, which didn't rupture or anything like that, but it was so so I couldn't hardly walk and couldn't run. Um, I was having injections to 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 get out onto the football pitch. Um, so you re- really only think them sort of things like then. Um, but before that, I never actually thought about um, how fragile my career was. Uh, uh, again, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying it. Like I spoke with Stylian Petrov when when he was um, mm. di- diagnosed with leukemia, and and it's a bit naive. And I was I was I was speaking to him, and and I was saying, okay, then when when are you going to be back? And I'm like, and and the, 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 that's the naivety in me because I just think you play on you play on until you're 38, 39, mm. 40, whatever, and nothing should stop you. But he was going through something that he might not even live, let alone get back onto the yeah. football pitch. But this is my naivety that I was just thinking that you can you can just play on through everything. This is your career. This is about football. So I never really thought. On that, you only really think of them sort of things when you're actually going through them dark yeah. days. And I obviously had, I had, I even had um, my, uh, I've got a screw in my foot uh, in, in, in metatarsal, and I had nine weeks out then. So that was the probably the longest I've ever had out. Oh wow! And even then, you're like, can I get back to the same? I, I always felt that I always felt that I could get back to the same, but again, you still you still doubt yourself. But you only really think of them sort of things when the times, uh, when when things like like you're saying he's he's had some he's had some bad injuries. But he's a wonderful player, so he's come back. But then he's had another injury. So they're the sort of times that you, the dark times. He's probably talking about that sort of time where you're like, oh, am I, I going to come back? Is this the end of it? This is very fragile. Blah, mm. Blah, blah. Mm. Yes, it's it's, it's it's a fine. It's like a sheet of thin ice, isn't it? When you actually, oh, I guess, is when you go through it. Like you said, you don't you don't realize it. You don't really don't realize no. it. No, no. Again, uh, you know, when I look at, you know, the likes of people breaking their legs and stuff like mm. that, you're like, wow. And I'm lucky enough, like I said, I, the longest, I, I played I played from 17 till 38. Mm. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to not have had 
any major injuries. I, 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 the major one was the nine weeks with um, with with my fifth met. For, for, in my, so I've got a screw in my foot, and that was the that was the major one. So I was lucky in that sense. But you know, lads are getting lads are you know breaking the legs early and doing uh, medial early and ACL early and. But they're coming back, and but again, like you're saying, it's very fragile. Yeah, it is, and it's it's you know, it can be a shame, isn't it, when you see a young talent, and it's almost like their career gets stunted through such a bad injury. But then, on, on, I guess, on the flip side, it's great when you see someone bounce back from it. You know, the one that comes to my mind is Aaron 100%. Ramsey. You know, with his yeah. his Oof, leg break at Stoke, yeah, it was it was horrible, and he bounced back so well from that. And I think I think it is a good reminder of of the fragility of of. Sports, oh, sports. Because yeah. when you look at NFL, I think their 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 actual because of injury, their actual career span is something like that is four years mm. because they have some horrific injuries. They're yeah. smashing each other all the time. So yeah, and it's that's a different ball game altogether as well because the turnover in in terms of playing staff at, at, at NFL franchises is ridiculously high. It's yeah. like ninety something percent because yeah. every year you go into the you know the draft system. Yeah. Um, you you don't go into it, but they they bring in new players through all the time. Yeah. And every year that you you go into the preseason, your career's on the line, unless you're one of the top, you know, five percent. Top that guaranteed guaranteed the the their income. Some yeah. of them are guaranteed income. Some of them, most of them are not. Exactly, and that, and that's that. I think that's even more wild because that becomes down comes down to more performance, more pressure, more you know, all of that yeah. stuff, and it's. Yeah. It's crazy, and I think I think even the, the the financial side is 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 pretty interesting because you know as as especially the younger players maybe you know dealing with such large amounts of money, like how how does that play a role in terms of a career and like distractions? Because you do see you know some players from the outside, it looks like they're they're distracted by all of the external things in life and less focused on the field because they're in a, a more privileged position, but is there, is there stuff that, that the clubs do to help young players, particularly, or even the older players, because once you're coming to the end of your career, you, you know, you need to guarantee that you've got income or something going on mm-hmm. down the line. So you don't just lose your way. Are there, are there kind of systems in think, place that kind of help PFA, players? I think the PFA do, that's, that's obviously something that the union do. Um, they're, they're, they're up to date with uh, creating certain things that, uh, help the players when it wants, when they're coming towards the end of it. But again, this is something that's got to be probably a little bit more proactive, but there is things out there where when they're coming towards the end of the career that you're trying to help them and, sh- and guide them into a way that they can have longevity within the game or whatever. So I think that's one of the things I think the clubs do help out the play the younger players. But again, it's down to your own mentality. You can't tell someone the way uh, how, how they're going to spend their money or what they're going to be doing with their money. Uh, it's generally down to themselves, but again, you 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 offer guidance, mm. and I think that's where the the PFA, the FA, um, even ex players and stuff like that uh, are helping out agents, advisors. Um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's one way that they're helping out as well. But the PFA have a, have a big say in that, and they do some they do some good stuff. To be honest with you, because I know they go into majority, especially when it comes to the younger age group they go into a lot of majority of clubs and, and put on uh, 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 seminars that, that will help mm. guide the players and guide the kids nowadays. So, Yeah. And is there as much kind of greed around the game in terms of, you know, again, from the outside, we, we, we see stories of, you know, agents and all of this stuff. Is there as much of that that goes on kind of? Look, when you, when you have a, a multi, dollar industry there was all there will always be greed around it, it I, I can't put it any other way yeah. <laughs> there will always be so um i hope that answers the question well without me going too further into detail yeah no no it doesn't yeah no, it does it makes sense you know and it's it's yeah i just i think it fascinates because you do you do see it from the outside perspective but then like you said if you put it into terms of any other business any other industry that's a multi-million pound industry it's that it's inevitably the same right <laughs> it's going to be pretty pretty much similar yeah um there's money going around um football that because it's a it's a, it's a huge in, in, entity uh, at the end of the day i love football mm. I love football 
There's people in America that love football. There's people in the Caribbean that love football. There's people in South America that love football. India, Africa, um, you know, so the football's watched. Uh, World Cup is probably the, the most watched uh, uh, sport in the world. World Cup final. So um, when when you look at it, it's, it's 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 a huge it's a huge huge money money making machine. Mm. So when you see that sort of stuff, there's going to be there's going to be that sort of stuff in go. Uh, there's going to be uh, uh, that sort of stuff going on. So yeah, I think do you know it's really funny actually because I was I was having this conversation the other day with my friends because we were talking about. Um, who, I think it was either Chelsea or Liverpool. I think it's Liverpool who bought out of their kit sponsorship deal recently with, um, yeah. was it with New Balance to, to move over to Nike or Adidas or whatever. And we, we were talking about how it's, it's like the, the sums of money are so large that a small amount of money to a club is a huge amount of money in the reality of stuff, right? And it's like, I think Liverpool paid, mm-hmm. you know, a, a few tens of millions to get out of their, their their sponsorship deal or whatever it was reported and it's like they just kind of just do it it's like yeah that's cool that's fine and they can just kind of you know as a bit as a club as a company they can just sign it off like that and you're like oh you know that's sort of sitting there scratching your head like that's a lot of money like that money could be used for other things you know but again it's all about the, the the global brand for the for football and where football is um you know, if you if 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 I'm if I'm sponsoring you, Alex, and you get you get so and so Andrew coming to you and saying, "I want to sponsor you now," I'm going to give you X amount. You're going to say, "Well, I've got a year left with 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 a meal." I uh, how much do how much do I have to pay to get out of a meal? Right, I paid that to get out of a meal, and then I get this from there and blah blah. blah. Okay, I might as well do that. It's a no brainer. Mm. You just do it. It's just, you're, you're you're not breaking any rules. And this is where football is, and this is where they do it in America. America's one of the biggest ones for yeah. uh, commercial commercial branding and all that in, in America is huge. You yeah. know, they commercially, and when you look at some, uh, you know, the monies that are being swashed around in American sports, and and I don't even think American sports are as big as football. Mm-hmm. You know, but you look at the, the money that's swashed around there; they've got the commercial rights, the commercial branding spot so mm. they they do it all the time yeah and how, where do you sit with the the kind of debate around the commercialization of, of football or sport in general because you you came through an era in the kind of mid to late 90s and very early in your career where it was a different it was a different game it was still kind of mm. you know it was still there was tv and there was sponsorship deals and everything but to where we are now it's a bit it's a huge difference it's a it's it's a different enterprise in, in, as a whole, right? Yeah. Well, football is a big brand. Football is a huge brand. It always has been. But then is then you get these smart, really smart businessmen and, and entrepreneurs that take it to another level. And if you can actually um, uh, brand it in a certain way and 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 get commercially savvy and and make it the the, the brand that it is, why not? Mm. Why not? Because again. Then we could get your likes of Thierry Henry's coming over. Then you can get your likes of um, Jaden Sancho's coming back. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want the best in the Premier League. I don't want to be watching, you no know, disrespect, but I don't want to be watching average players. I want to be watching the best in our country. So, in order to get the best, you've got to, you've got your product's got to be great as well. Mm. So we've we've got the product now, and it's and it's it's a it's a little bit of a juggernaut. Um, are we moving away from? We will all, to be honest with you, we will always have great, uh, attractive football. But are we moving away from the core stuff that we had, where it was just about the football? Probably, but we still, it's still, it's still the best. I still think it's the, the best football that we've uh, that, that's out there at the minute. Yeah. So, um, but it's a it's a commercial juggernaut as well. Yeah. That you know the Premier League, which is obviously the Premier League and FIFA have done a great thing with football as well. Um, and as well, you've got to look at what football gives back as well. You know, FIFA, UEFA, they go into different countries and put on uh, put on coaching sessions. They 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 uh, they they will go to certain countries and and and, and build football pitches for 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 certain townships, and they do wonderful things as well. And you look at even foundations, Liverpool foundations, and this uh, that foundation, this foundation, all do great things for footballers through 
through, great things through football as well. So it's yeah. not just all about take, 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 take. The giving back as well. Yeah, of course. I and mean, I think we see it a lot. The, you know, a lot of the big teams and even, like you said, the UEFA's, the FIFA's are doing, are, are doing really good things. And I think we, you know, we see, I think a lot of people get caught up on, on the idea of, you know, the, mon- the amount of money that's in the game, you know, and, you know, there's always the debate around players' wages and, and should, it be, should there be a cap? Should there not be a cap? Because, you, you know, you start to look at certain players and it's figures of like, you know, 350 grand a week, 500 grand a week. And it's like, you know, some people might not even see that in their lifetime. And it's, it's I think it's... it's I get that. I, I, to- I, to- I totally get that. But again, if we, let's, let's go back over the pond and they're, they're getting that over there. Mm-hmm. And we're happy. We're happy for them to get that over there. And we're happy. And we don't. Half of you don't even watch their sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, you know, I, I I actually quite like basketball, but I only like it when it gets to the playoffs. Yeah. When it gets serious. No, but I I will happily sit there and watch Premier League games, and you know, pre- pre- happily watch Burnley v Norwich. Happily, no mm-hmm. problem. I will not be watching. The, I, I couldn't even tell you the names. I know. I, <laughs> I know the Heat and the LA and uh, uh, Detroit Pistons and people like that. But when you go into the lower end, I don't. I don't really know some of the basketball teams. I, but I guess they'll be on similar sort of wages, yeah. if not more. Mm. So, look, I, 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 I don't begrudge anyone getting their wages and stuff like that. Again, when I go to a stadium, I'm, I'm going there to watch the key players. I'm not going there to. To, to sit there and, 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 and marvel at what stadium they're in and marvel at the grass, the pitch is wonderful and marvel at the, the, how, how nice them goalposts looks. No, I'm, going, I'm willing to watch the football. Mm. So they should be. One thing I don't want the, the clubs to be doing is overspending to the point where they can't afford what they're actually, mm. you know. But if they can afford it and if, if the budget's right and they do, do, do everything right, I don't see why not. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that through the pandemic that that we we might see a little bit more of a slowing down from clubs because it has been a loss of be. income. Have to be because again, you never know if this. No one foresaw, foresaw this coming, did they? So everyone was just thinking more. Give me more. Give me more. Give me. Give me. Give me, give me more. I want, I'm getting more money. I want this. I want that player. Now you've got to you've got to build into your project and your planning that something might happen. Hmm. So. I'm not necessarily sure if I'm giving that. I'm not sure if I can do that. But again, this is where you have a, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because I might give it him. Then you miss out on the player. So uh, it's a tough one. It's a very, very tough one. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it's kind of, I feel like we're going kind of in a good direction with it. But yeah. then, you know, on the flip side, there is still... I do. I do wonder when it will stop. In terms of, you know, the, obviously, the more that the more the more popular it becomes, the bigger, mm-hmm. you know, everything becomes. The more money gets put in, the more, you know, the sponsorship deals go up, the wages go up, the this go up. And I wonder if there's like there will be a point where it's just like, okay, this is too much now. Like we need to think about it. Well, it'll either come to that or it'll collapse. Yeah. Um. Um, I think I think obviously now we're looking at the the, the championship and, and below, and they're talking about wage caps and stuff like that. Whether they could do that in the in the in the league, I don't think you can, because again, if 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 you've got two billion and I've got three hundred million, um, I can't tell you you can't spend above me. You've got more money than me. Yeah. So, um, but again, but. The, you know, sometimes when, when you have the likes of Leicester winning the league, it, it, it throws all that into doubt, doesn't it? You know what I mean? So you can you can still be competitive on a lower budget. Mm. So um, I don't I don't know. I, I, at some stage there there will be, and I think they are they are looking at that now because again, FIFA, UEFA, they're all they're all looking at that sort of thing to see to especially to slow down these big juggernauts. Yeah. And do you think do you think that sometimes there needs to be a bit more? I know there's obviously like the the financial fair play rules and stuff like that, but do you think that sometimes they need to be more um, strict with 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 applying the rules? Because you see, you know, with Man City, for example, I'm not just saying this because I'm an Arsenal fan, but with Man City, they, <laughs> you know, they had their the decision overturned to keep them out of the Champions League for two years or whatever it was, even mm-hmm. though they've been found to 
you know, have been done whatever they were being accused of. Do you feel like that's, you know, it's gone from one extreme of like, okay, you're being banned to like, oh no, actually we're going to, we're going to completely overturn it. Do you think that there needs to be more pressure applied behind the scenes from the UEFA's, from the, the, the people really high up in the game to keep that under control? Or, you know, is it the rules are there and it's like, we, you know, I don't know, there, there, there's room look, within the rules, shall we the, think? Look, I, I think the thing is with it, within, every, within anything, the rules are there. Mm. But there's very clever people who can who can who can manipulate and know, understand the rules enough to say, okay, well, we can do this here, we can do that there, we can do, that. and that, it, that goes within any. It, let's take it away from football. It goes within anything. You see it in law all the time, right? Loopholes and laws and everything, right? So it will always be there, um, and especially when you've got the money to hire the best brains. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I'm just, so it, it, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. You know, it, it, it was a little bit strange that they, that, but everyone was saying, and they were very confident that it was never going to be banned. So something yeah. must have been a, a little bit weird with the UEFA's, um, the way they did it. They assessed it or whatever, yeah. Do you, want, do you want to talk a bit about, I know you've been doing some work outside of the game, away from the cameras, shall we say, um, some of the work that you're kind of looking into with you're doing a course with UEFA, isn't it? And, yeah, and so I do. I, I do a um, master's for international players. That um, it's like a governance and, and it's a governance course. It's just uh, a course that will allow me to work within uh, the boardrooms, leadership roles, whether it be within football or outside of football. Um, you know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's an interesting course because again, if I look at who's actually done it, a lot of them are in some very very good jobs now. Within football, because again, once you leave football, it's it's difficult at times to 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 stay within it. If you unless you want to get into coaching, and if you don't want to get into coaching, they, they, you don't you don't stay within it. So I think we need a lot of players within leadership roles because again, we've we've been on that we've been in um, we've been the foot soldiers, mm. so we know everything, and we've got a lot to give back to the game. So. Um, it's interesting to try and get into that sort of that sort of realm, whether it be leadership, whether it be director, whether it be uh, admin. Uh, I know, I know, uh, Ajax do a lot of that. Yeah. Apart from Ajax, there's that's, they're slowly starting to help other ex ex players getting in there. Germany do a lot, do a, do it a lot as well in Germany. Mm. Um, but you generally don't see too many within England. But we're trying to uh, uh, we're trying to get on these courses and and help ex-players and 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 uh, get back into get back into the the role of shaping football into mm. way way we want it to be yeah and i think it you know rightly so because it's like you said it's like it's why wouldn't you have someone who is experienced within that profession to then come in and help at a higher level rather than having people who haven't necessarily been a part of the game or you know whatever being i think, I think there's a i think you need a big balance yeah. i think you need a balance because again um me being on me being a foot soldier for for many years i've got a lot to give back but again there's other people that if you put us together would make it even better mm -hmm. but again you've got to have the understanding and a lot of people when it comes to being up, up at the top don't have the understanding and feel that sometimes feel that players don't have enough to give back within that realm but we do um and we are but again we have to educate ourselves in there to allow us to articulate ourselves and, and and present ourselves in the right way yeah 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 i agree and i think you know you see you see a lot of it i think arsenal start doing it a lot they've, they've you know yeah. got per motorcycle in there yeah, trying yeah, to constantly yeah. bring in old players now whether they're in and around the camp just training or whether they're doing well, specific roles this is the thing i think this is important because again, you're saying about a, a, a player that knows the philosophy of Arsenal, mm. understands what it means to be playing for Arsenal, and and has been there on the uh, has been there on the pitch to understand what is needed. And then he goes up into this part and says, "Well, they're not going to want that. They're not going to do this. They're going to do this. This is how they should do it. And this is what they what they're thinking. How do we tailor this to make it better for them?" Or do, do you understand what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I think having people that understand the club as well is very important, especially when it comes to a, a huge club like Arsenal. I think 
me having played in, a, in an era that was um, at Highbury and um, playing in an era that was all about a philosophy, you're kind of swayed away from that now. Mm. And you're trying to find your new philosophy, which is great, but that's going to take a while. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, you as fans have got to understand that. But again, you've got to get the right people, right people and the right personnel within the structure to, um, to, to implement that. Because again, it's, it, it, all, all different structures are all like a cog on a, on a, on a, on a bike or on a, in a car or whatever. And you've all got your different bits, but you're all working in, in, in tandem. If, you, mm. if you, one of them's not working, you're not, you're not, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, it's all one moving part, isn't it? 100%. Yeah, so how, how do you and think Arsenal is a great Arsenal is a great club and the thing with you've had you you you've been spoilt that is the problem because Arsenal controlled the whole lot mm. now it's a point now it's a case of all right well Arsenal's not gone now he's controlling the whole lot now we need to point, piece it all together so we're all we're all that one Arsenal Wenger yeah. yeah so this is where it's falling down a little bit yeah, and how do you think that idea of like having a philosophy and sort of finding it and understanding it for yourself is transferable to like just life in general and, and an approach to living? Um, when, let, let me just talk about business. So, if you've got a philosophy within your business, I think it, I think that works, and everyone's got on the same wavelength, everyone's on the same ethos. It works because everyone's put channeling them same, same focus to the same goal in the same way but if you've got one person pulling in a different direction you'll you'll, you'll take two step forwards and one step back on, on every occasion so um, you've got to have have that all have that same drive and that same focus and now you take it into life if you're if like you're saying if you're having one you're having two step forward and one step back you, you you're, you're not going to go you're not going to be getting anywhere yeah it's about yeah it's about i guess shaping your own life philosophy and i think that's that's the important thing right is like taking on different different parts of different things be it you know like a religion or a a culture or a a business idea or something and and bringing those ideas into your own life to shape it for yourself Mm. and be more understanding of your core values i guess isn't it yeah 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 yeah, 100 cool i've got a couple final questions for you emil which kind of everyone answers on the podcast um before i let you run off so the first one is if we could go back in time and we could give some advice to a younger version of yourself. So maybe um, a Neil who's just kind of borderline breaking into the first team and you could give mm-hmm. yourself three bits of advice to start doing from that moment. What would you say? Um, one would be education. When I say education, you know, you've got so much time when you're actually playing football and you could, you could one. I, 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 in my mind, I think all players by the age of twenty-five, especially when you're playing professional and full-time professional, by the age of twenty-five, you should really have your B license or your A license. So that means you can coach. I think Premier League with A. Mm-hmm. I think you can coach Premier League with A, but I, I don't think you can manage Premier mm-hmm. League with, uh, with with A. So at least you should have that. Um, and then, if not, even even by thirty, you should have your pro license at least. Um, so one of them is education. The, the next one would probably be um, just enjoy. Enjoy your football. Because I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but you over, uh, not to overthink things. Because overthinking makes you hesitant. And uh, so, yeah. Um, third one. I don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, think, I, think, uh, I think them two was the most important ones for me. Yeah. I think them two are the most important. I, 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 it caught me unawares here, so I, I, I didn't have I didn't have another one. But I always have two anyway, so always uh, the education one is is important because again, it's not just that, but other parts of education as well. You know, so um, you got so much time on your hands. Like I'm back at school now, so yeah, I could have got I could have got that all out of the way. <laughs> this is true. And um, and then final question is, what does happiness mean to you? Uh, smiling. Um, being at peace being at peace with yourself there you go. yeah nice I like that I like that a lot that's that's a lot of my own personal philosophy is being at peace with yourself yeah. um, so thank you Emil I appreciate the time today no problem um, it's no been problem. a wicked chat do you want to you. shout out where people can keep up to date with I've you got... online and you know I know you've got your book um, out where they can find the yeah. book 
So I have to remember these now. Uh, the Emil Heskey um, on Instagram, uh, Emil Heskey UK on Twitter. Uh, for my book, uh, Even Heskey Scored, uh, go on Amazon, you can get that, or you can go to Waterstones and get that. Um, so yeah, just follow me, subscribe, watch what I'm doing. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. No problem. So there we have it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Emil. And as I said, you know, there's loads to learn there from the kind of insights of football and kind of what goes on behind the scenes and some of the work that probably still needs to be done really around the kind of mental side of the game, which is super interesting. So if you like what you heard on this episode, please be sure to leave a review and even better still, hit that subscribe button so that you get all of the latest episodes straight to your phone. And if you know someone who you think would benefit from listening to this episode, then be sure to send them a link or a screenshot because it's important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this one. I started this podcast to help inspire a positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love. So as ever, you can connect with me on Instagram at IamAlexManzi. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Pop over to say hello. But until then, thank you for listening and I will see you for the next episode. This podcast is produced by Unedited.